Dr. Farah Kamengar. We are at the SF Derm Eczema Symposium and 100 Year Celebration. And I'm here with Dr. Brian Cho. Very excited to talk about all the exciting things that you're doing. I'm going to go ahead and read your full bio because I think it's very relevant to, to what we'll be talking about. So Dr. Brian Cho has been in clinical practice since 2006, initially at UCSF as a clinical instructor, then at the Palo Alto Medical Foundation as a general dermatologist until 2022, when he founded and became CEO of, um, and do I say B-U-H-L-D or just Bold Consultants? Bold Consultants. Bold Consultants. That, that sounds like that. that's how you would say it, which is what we'd love to talk to you about today. Sure. And Bold is a dermatology consultancy focused on providing dermatologic expertise to medical and technology companies whose devices interface with the skin. Of course, you'll tell us a lot more about that. And Dr. Cho has a BS in chemistry, a PhD in biochemistry, completed three postdoctoral fellowships in immunology. And in 2013, he completed an ABLS board certification in cosmetic laser surgery. He continues at PAMF, currently running a weekly laser specialty clinic. And he's a member of the American Academy of Dermatology, American Contact Derm Society, and American Society for Laser Medicine and Surgery. Um, so thank you for, for being here. Sure, and the reason here. I wanted to read the full bio is because I think it's so important that, that expert people like you from this background are doing these 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 initiatives and starting these companies. So it's so exciting to, to, to see that bridge between really academic medicine and expertise to actually products that help people. So yeah, let's just start anywhere on that journey of sure. what you do and how it became. Well, I think you summarized it beautifully in the sense that this is really a, a melding of all of the different experiences that you just described. I used um, one of the things I didn't include, I was a pharmaceutical chemist for a year outside of college, so I was analyzing things using HPLC to try to identify chemicals. Um, that's part of, of what I do nowadays as well, looking at these analysis of chemicals of devices. Um, I use my immunology, especially when it comes to skin interactions and immunologic reactions um, of the skin to the, some of the devices or chemicals within the devices. I certainly use the clinical side. I uh, couldn't do this without the dermatology experience that I've had, um, either just being a general dermatologist and taking care of patients with skin irritation or being a dermatologist that did patch testing and incorporating all these skills, I've put them together into this cohesive package. Uh, and it's a little bit of a risk. Um, you know, this is one of those things where uh, it was more if you build it, hopefully they will come. Um, and so I've built this consultancy with the idea that wearables are an expanding field. Um, you know, in 2014, 2015, when the first wearable, well, not the first wearable, but things like an Apple Watch came out. Uh, if you look at the market share, there was about maybe $30 billion worth of sales. But if you look at the last year, um, it was more like about $140 billion. So just in the past decade, each year, um, there are more and more devices, there's more functionality. So the way I, I saw it is that the more um, devices that are out there, the more testing or functionalities that they offer, the more it becomes integrated into our daily lives. Um, the number of, of, of issues that could arise are just going to increase. The number of questions that companies are going to have is just going to increase. So my thought is, if this is a field that's expanding, um, I offer something that, um, you know, maybe uh, another dermatologist might not. Um, I have all the experience that you mentioned. Uh, I've also been doing the consulting for different companies since 2014. So heading into when I started the company, I, I already had um, six years or seven years of consulting experience specifically in this field. 
Um, and having that body of experience, having seen cases, having talked to companies, um, having the experience of working with companies, I think, again, um, gave me the ability to package something in a very unique way um, that could provide companies value for the consulting experience that I can offer. And as this field begins to continue to, to grow, um, then I'm hoping that the expertise that I have in the companies that I work with can expand to many other companies in the future. Yeah, yeah. So that's, that's, that's the goal. That's the goal. And, and the, this weekend, we talked to, to everyone in different areas. This is a very specific niche, yep. but basically the concept of people and patients will do better if these initiatives are physician-led. Yeah. They, and there's better science there, that's very ethical, and it just would will be better throughout. But we sort of, as physicians, have ended up, a lot of us joining kind of larger multi-specialty clinics and kind of doing similar work. So it does take that courage to actually try to solve a problem. Yep. And it's really great that you're doing it. And because I, I think people like you and others we talked to this weekend who are kind of pioneering, well, it is okay to do this, clinical medicine, and then also do this. Right. And then I think it really helps industry to start to see how to interface with us too yep. as physicians. Because I find sometimes when I do consultancy roles that are outside the typical thing, yep. you kind of have to tell them how that relationship yeah. no, that's sort true. of works. It's a lot of that pioneering work. Yeah. And I would say that the, the other thing that you need to have is to be able to communicate with companies effectively. Uh, when I came onto the scene with some of the companies, they, they'd already worked with other dermatologists or other specialists. Um, and and you know, some of these people I knew. Um, and some of these people, I think, were, were brilliant. Um, but I think some of the challenges the companies had is trying to get the information in pieces that they could, they could understand um, yes. that were very clear, that translated sometimes medical jargon and complex immunologic um, know, conditions into something that was simple that they could understand. Yeah. Um, and so I, I think um, some of the communication skills that I've learned, um, I think, were very translatable from that standpoint. Yes. Uh, so I think that that is also part of when you communicate. Um, and I think having talked to patients for the past 15 years and using those same skills and take you know more complicated things and distill it into something that's easily to understand and where they can make you know defined choices um, was really helpful. Yeah, you bring up I think an excellent point. When you're trying to venture out of the regular to sort of relationship to a different one, you need to figure out the language yeah. the other party speaks. Yep. Uh, I find like one of the reasons I've been doing, I think okay with doing consultancy in health tech is because I can speak the engineer sort of talk. Yep. And you probably found that yep. if, if you can talk in a way that they understand, they immediately like, yes, this person will work out. Yes. If they don't understand it, it's the, the, the collaboration just won't work. Correct, correct. You have to be on the same wavelength and yep. you have to know um, what they're looking for and the way that they, they consume information. Yeah, no, that's that, that's amazing advice for anybody that's, that's trying to venture out. Um, so maybe last couple of questions. One, if you have any just general advice for anybody, any any thoughts at all. And then lastly, we ask everybody that comes on, because this is the Future of Dermatology podcast, what you see for the future of wearables and, and the field that you're in. So sure. you can answer those in any order. Well, in terms of advice, uh, <laughs> I would say um, don't be afraid to take chances. Certainly, this is a huge risk for myself and for my family, and so I, I couldn't have done it without them. Uh, certainly with the support of my colleagues in, in the field as well. Um, I think you have to be confident with what you've accumulated in terms of experience, um, not only clinically, but in life. Uh, and then don't be afraid to take those challenges and take those chances. Uh, I would say that that would be my advice from, from that standpoint. Uh, it's, it's actually been very fun to be an entrepreneur. Um, one thing that I, I missed 
you know, you, you mentioned my research background. Uh, in research, you innovate. You try to figure out new ways to, to answer questions. Um, as a clinician, you don't innovate, but you interpret and you accumulate information. You try to give best care based on published best practices. So what, what I love about you know, my new job that I've created is that every day is about innovation. I try to think, I try to take the experience that I've put together, and then I've tried to develop that into something that would help the company, help my company uh, generate products. And so I'm building you know, equity within my own company, which to me is exciting. And I'm, you know, again, using every bit of experience and ingenuity that I have. Uh, in terms of wearables in the future, I, I sort of alluded to it. I, I think wearables are here to stay. Um, I, I would divide wearables into two main categories, consumer devices and medical devices. And right now, I think the biggest player has been consumer devices. If you look at, again, the amount of dollars, um, I would say 80% of the dollars in wearables are in consumer goods like earbuds, smartwatches, smart rings, and, and things of that sort. But I think the new generation of medical wearable devices, uh, things like CGMs, continuous glucose monitors, is an example. Uh, you know, insulin pumps is, is another example. Um, I think that is just the next wave is just starting. Um, you can already see that some of the um, earbuds that are used for just media playback, those are now incorporating medical functions as hearing aids. You already know that smartwatches, which at first were mainly used for fitness, now have new functions. Uh, they can do impedance, uh, skin or uh, in body impedance. They can do um, EK, EKGs. EKGs, yeah. EKGs are the future. That's true. They're really coming into that uh, exactly. the health field. Right. So they're going to blur the distinction between yeah. consumer and medical yeah. um, wearables. And so I think that, like I said, this is just expanding. Yes. Um, and how we as physicians, um, maybe not so much dermatologists, but certainly other fields like cardiology, um, the way they get their information about how they take care of their patients is probably going to differ. It's not going to be point of care. It's going to be a sustained level of collection over you know, a series right. of time. Sure, yeah. Um, and that might actually open up incredible new innovations or ideas of how yeah, um, yeah. disease processes work and then how we can intervene. You see if people had to go home and write all their blood pressures on that little notepad, right. there's probably a better way to do it exactly. now. It's 2023. Exactly. Perfect. Thank you so much. Thank sure, you so much, Rick. I'm really excited to hear your talk later right. on as well. Yeah, thank you. Hey, thank you, Fred.